Sorry, Chris, got to bring this down a little bit. <laughs> Good morning. All right, it is wonderful to see you all uh, this morning, uh, a couple weeks back now. So uh, we are thrilled that you're here. Welcome to our online guests and online church members as well. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us in worship as we come to sing and to praise and to hear the word of God and to hear the gospel. So I pray that it is refreshing to our souls this morning and uh, that we would be equipped to do the work God has called us to do. This morning I would like to read uh, from Psalm 89 verses 1 through 4. And it says, I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I said, steadfast love will be built up forever. In the heavens you will, we, you will establish your faithfulness. You have said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant. I will establish your offspring forever and build your throne for all generations. Let's pray. God, we worship you this morning because of your faithfulness. Because from the beginning, you have always been faithful. You have fulfilled your promises and as you set out to redeem us, Lord, you were faithful. As you brought about Christ to secure our salvation through his work on the cross. Uh, Lord, and even today, you remain faithful. As there is much happening in all of our lives, as we struggle uh, with sin and temptation, as we struggle with worry and doubt, God, you are faithful and good. And God, we pray that your faithfulness would uplift us today, that we would be encouraged today, and that you would uh, embolden us because of your faithfulness, that through your faithfulness, we would have the boldness and the courage to stand up for the truth and for what is good and what is righteous, God. Lord, we are so grateful and thankful uh, for your work and for the work of Christ on the cross. May that be our focus today, and may that be our song in our hearts all the time. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you stand and join us as we sing this morning? Great is thy faithfulness. We declare this together. Springtime and harvest <laughs> 
Sun, moon, and stars in their courses above join with all nature and manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning new mercies I see, all I have needed thy hand hath provided, great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth Thy own dear presence to cheer and to guide Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow Blessings all mine with ten thousand beside. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. I exalt thee. I exalt thee. I exalt thee. Oh Lord, I exalt thee. I exalt thee. I exalt thee. Sing that one more time. I exalt thee. I exalt thee. I exalt thee. I exalt thee. Oh Lord, I exalt thee. I I exalt Thee, O Lord. 
Amen. You can have a seat for a moment. We are so thankful that you have joined us in worship. Whether you're here in person with us or whether you're watching online, we are grateful for you this morning and thankful that you are joining us. If you're a guest with us, maybe this is your first time here, we want to encourage you. If you're in person, I hope you got a bulletin. And if you did, there's a perforated tab. You can fill that out, tear it off, and drop that at our Welcome Center on your way out. If you're online, just simply comment, I'm new on this post, and we will respond to that and connect with you uh, via digital means. And so we want to get to know you a little bit and uh, how we can best minister to you and your family in this time. Hope you're paying attention to uh, all that we've got going on 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 Facebook and our online platforms, as well as uh, our in-person services here at 10. Uh, Let's continue reading this morning as we worship in Psalm 89. Starting in verse 5, it says, Let the heavens praise your wonders, O Lord your faithfulness in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies can be compared to the Lord? Who among the heavenly beings is like the Lord, a God greatly to be feared in the counsel of the holy ones and awesome above all who are around him? This morning we come face to face with a holy and righteous God as we encounter him in worship. Would you join me as we approach his throne of grace together in prayer? Eternal and merciful God, you have loved us with a love beyond understanding. Father, and yet we have strayed from your way. Father, in our thought, our word, in our deed, through things that we have done and left undone. And so, Father, as we remember the lavish gift of grace that you have given us, Lord, we pray that through your spirit, you would give us the strength to die daily to our sin and to rise to new life with Christ. Lord, we thank you for the forgiveness that we find in Jesus through his death, burial, and resurrection. And God, we pray that we would always uh, remember that and and be grateful for it. God, we love you. We praise you for who you are, and we thank you for for calling us to worship you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand as we continue to worship together this morning. It's through God's faithful love that we find forgiveness and redemption through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's sing together this morning. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure That he should give his only son To make a wretch his treasure How great the pain of searing loss The Father turns His face away As wounds which mar the chosen one Bring many sons to glory Behold the man upon a cross Upon his shoulders Ashamed I hear my mocking voice Call out among the scoffers It was my sin that held him was accomplished his dying breath that has brought me life 
finished. I will not boast in anything. No gifts, no power, no wisdom. But, but I will boast in Jesus Christ. His death and resurrection. Why should I gain from His reward? I cannot give an answer, but this I know with all my heart. His wounds have paid my ransom. Why should I gain from my heart his wounds have paid my ransom but this I know with all my heart his wounds have paid my ransom Amen, you can be seated for a moment going to read from Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 through 11. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at this name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to, God, to the glory of God the Father. Let's sing together. I cast my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me I see his wounds his sins his feet my Savior on that cursed tree his body bound and drenched in tears they laid him down in joseph's tomb the entrance sealed by heavy stone messiah still and all alone oh praise the of the Lord our God, oh praise His name forevermore, for endless days we will sing Your praise, O oh Lord, O oh Lord our God. Won't you 
stand and join us as we sing. Then on the third, at break of dawn, the Son of Heaven rose again. Oh, trampled death, where is your sting? The angels roar for Christ the King. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise His name forevermore. praise, O oh Lord, O oh Lord our God. He shall return in robes of white. The blazing sun shall pierce the night, and I will rise among the we thank you that we can praise your name but lord we long for the day when we praise you for all eternity with the saints of ages past god we love you we praise you for who you are it's in jesus name amen you can be seated
Thank you, David. Thank you so much for that. Um, today, we have children's sermons, so if you're new here in our uh, in-person worship service at this time, and Miss Sherry Osmond, Miss Sherry, if you want to come on up, she will be leading children's sermons. So what we do, parents, is we invite all the children uh, up front. Now, remember, children, you sit here. Show you, okay, you got that microphone. Okay, you used that one. We're going to invite all the children up. And Sherry, I'll put this one here for reading the Bible. So, um, so at this time, all the children want to come forward, and then you come up here, and you sit in a place that is not marked. So you come sit every other seat. Just and sit on the blue tape. Sit on the blue tape. And then after that, we have the Hansel and Gretel candy line right here. So you'll be able to go down and get your piece of candy. So with that. And we have a video we're going to show. While the children come up, any children are welcome. Well, this is a, a video here that explains kind of some of the things Miss Sherry's going to talk about. All right, we're ready. We are living in a world that hurts. We see it on our television screens and we say, what can we do? We feel so helpless in a moment when people are suffering so terribly in so many parts of the world. It's overwhelming to us. Jesus said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and soul and strength and mind and thy neighbor as thyself. Jesus gave the answer. Those people that are suffering in Southeast Asia are our neighbors. Those people suffering in Central Africa are our neighbors and we have a responsibility to them. Everyone is our neighbor that lives on this little planet. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. The Bible says, for God so loved the world. Love is the medicine for the sickness of the world. Come to the cross, find forgiveness and eternal life. Then you have the ability and then you have the vision to go out and help your neighbor. Wow. Good morning, you guys. Good morning. Michelle gets to see y'all. I've missed you so much. Oh, my goodness. So the video, what was it talking about? What was it talking about? Yeah. It was talking about how people are hurting in so many places and they're sick. And what did God tell us to do? Or what did the video tell us to do? What does God tell us to do? Tell people about Jesus. That's right. And to do what to your neighbor? Love your neighbor. That's right. So Ms. Sherry has a, one of my books this morning. Because there's so much anger going on right now, and there's so much sickness and sadness, and it's kind of scary. Do y'all feel like it's kind of scary sometimes? Sometimes. Benjamin doesn't think it's scary. Um, so this talks about loving our neighbor, and we're going to learn about who our neighbor is, because Jesus, he talks about loving our neighbor in the Bible. And a man asked, who is my neighbor? And so this is based on a book. This book, it's called... Um, Luke 10, 27 through 29, and it says, love your neighbor as yourself. But then the man asked, who is my neighbor? So this book is going to answer that question, okay? It's going to tell us who our neighbor is. This is about the Berenstein Bears. It's a throwback, you guys. The Bear family was quite proud of their very handsome treehouse. They worked very hard 
to keep it tidy and clean. See how they're working on cleaning their house? Yeah. Okay, so it's going to show us some of their neighbors. It said most of their neighbors took good care of their house. The panda bears were neatniks. Farmer Ben's house had a really nice chicken coop. The bear family down the street had Mayor Honeypot, who drove around in a, in a limousine. Wow. And even Squire Grizzly was the richest bear in the country and had a mansion. So these are some of the Berenstein Bears neighbors. That's right. Except for the Boggs brothers. The Bog brothers lived in a run-down old shack not far from the Bear family treehouse, but what a difference. Their roof was caving in, it was leaking, there was junk in the yard, chickens everywhere, and a big pig wallowed in the mud out back. Those Bog brothers, Mama said, certainly are a problem. Yes, agreed Papa, they certainly are. So they look a little bit different, huh? Stop it. Okay, it says, one bright morning, the Bear Brothers were working outside when the Boggs Brothers drove by in their broken-down old jalopy. It was making an awful racket. As they drove by, one of the Boggs Brothers spit out the car, and it almost hit the Bear's mailbox. Really, said Mama, shocked. Those Boggs Brothers are such a disgrace. So it doesn't seem like they really like them that much, huh? Papa looked in the mailbox, and he found a big yellow flyer rolled up. He showed it and showed the rest of the family. Come one, come all to the Big Bear Town Festival. <gasps> Fireworks, Saturday at 9 a.m. Oh, boy, it's like a big block party. Can we go? Can we go? What do you think, Papa? I think we ought to go. And the kids said, yay. So on Saturday morning, they piled in the car with their picnic baskets and their folding chairs, and they were headed to town, but all of a sudden, their car started to make a noise, like a pocket of pocket 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 Doesn't sound good, does it? Okay, so let's see what happens. Shh. Oh, dear, said Mama, what is that awful sound the car is making? And then, with a loud clunk, the radiator cap flew off. I guess it's overheated, said Papa. Oh, no, said Sister. How are we going to get to the Bear Town Festival? Maybe someone will stop and give us a hand, said Papa. So they see someone coming down the road. Let's see who it is. Oh, look. It's Mayor and Mrs. Honeypot in their long lavender limousine on the way to the festival, too. They holler out the window, sorry we can't stop. We're already late, and I'm master of the ceremonies, but I'm sure someone will help you. Hmm, said Papa. Maybe someone else will come along. And soon another car did. The squire and later Gri Lady Grizzly in their big black Grizz Royce. They slowed down too, and Lady Grizzly rolled down her window. I'm afraid we can't stop. I have to judge the flower arranging contest. We simply must hurry. So they drove away. So are they acting very good and neighborly? No, I don't think they are, Esther. Maybe no one is going to stop, said Sister. Maybe we're never going to get to the festival. One of our neighbors is sure to stop and help us, said Mama. After all, that's what neighbors are for. Yes, yeah, said brother, brother, but what did they know that? Or do they know that? Here comes someone now. Uh-oh, said Papa, shading his eyes and peering down the road. If that's who I think it is, it's the Bog Brothers. And here they came, clanking up in their rickety old jalopy. Uh-oh. So let's see what happens. Howdy, 
said the first bog brother. Hello, said Papa. I'm Lim, and I can see you're having some trouble with your vehicle. Well, said Papa, yeah, we are. Maybe we could give you a hand. Well, that would be right neighborly, said Papa. Hey, Clem, hey, Shem, hey, Lim, get that rope. And they tied their car to Papa's car and started towing them to a shop. So are they acting neighborly? They are, aren't they? Where are they taking us? Papa said, I don't know, but at least we're moving. Soon they pulled into a run-down old filling station. And an older man came out that looked like one of the cousins. Uncle Zeke said, Lim, these poor folks broke down on the road. You reckon you can help them fix it up? Let's take a look. He looked under the car. Well, it's just your radiator hose busted clean open. I bet I have one. And you heard him clanking around for a few minutes in his junkyard. There, good as new. We'll tape that radiator off and you folks will be on your way. Thank you so much, said Papa, looking relieved. No, thank you, said Mama and Brother. How much do we owe you? Nothing. After all, we're neighbors. So they're showing them what a real neighbor is, aren't they? That's right, said Mama. In fact, how about you neighbors come over to our house next week? Papa, Sister, and Mama all open their mouths wide. <gasps> so they're inviting them over to their house. Well, that's right, neighborly of you, said Lim. Don't mind if we do. Shem's cooking's been getting a bit tiresome. So the Bear family drove to the Bear House, the Bear Town Festival, and the Boggs brothers came along. They were a little late, but they hadn't missed much. And when it was time for the fireworks, the Boggs brothers livened things up with their music. Okay, in the last page, it says, The next week, the Bog brothers came over to the Bear family treehouse for dinner. They wore their best clothes and got all spruced up. Then they had dinner, and it was delicious. So let me ask you a question. How did the Bear family, in the very beginning of the book, what did the Bear family think about the um, Boggs brothers? They were what? Yeah, they thought they were disgusting and rude. That's right. They didn't think about them very nicely, even though they were neighbors, right? They lived right there next to them. But do you think that they changed their mind at the end? Yeah. I think this book helps us to remember that just because people act differently than us, or maybe people look differently than us, or they dress differently than us, or their house is different than us, do you think that God tells us to still love them? Yeah. Is it like any other story that it reminds you in the Bible? Can anybody tell me this story? Well, love your neighbor, but what, what other story do you think it's like? The Good Samaritan. You're right. It's the Good Samaritan, right? In the Bible, remember, someone was hurt, and it was, um, he was beat up on the side of the road, and two fancy people stopped by that were, that were preachers in the Bible times, and they didn't stop and help. They were the ones that should have. And then a Samaritan man came by and he was people he was someone that people didn't look down he people looked down on him but he stopped by and he loved his neighbor and he acted like a good friend and so Jesus wants us to remember that even though people might look and act differently he loves them just as much as he loves us right so let's close our eyes and we're going to pray okay Jesus we just thank you so much that you love us dear lord all of us and dear lord we just pray that you help us to see everyone through your eyes. Dear Lord, someone 
everyone you died on the cross for. Jesus, we thank you for these children and just for the normalcy of being back here in church and getting to spend time together and seeing everybody and their faces, even if we all have masks on. And Jesus, we pray that you just help us to always think about your scriptures and put them in our head so that we live them out every day. Amen. Okay, so there's candy on the front row, okay? So y'all can go grab it. Oh, and I forgot to have someone pray. Sorry. Good job. If you have your Bible, I hope you do, go ahead and open it up to the book of Romans. Sure, you lowered my chair. Book of Romans, chapter 1. I want to share also, if you have your bulletin, you want to go ahead and pull it out. You want to be able to follow along here. We're going to, uh, this, uh, this morning and this evening's, which is a pre-recorded service, I'm going to be preaching on the doctrine of worship. And the reason why is a lot of folks have been asking, uh, you know, we're sitting at home, we're in a unique season, what does it mean to worship? And we're going to look here in Romans chapter 1, verses 22 and 25. We're also in a little bit, go ahead and have your finger there ready to turn to it. We are going to turn in our Bibles to the book of 2 Kings chapter 17. So Romans chapter 1, 2 Kings 17. For our online audience there, I want to encourage someone to share a link to our bulletin. That way you can follow along online. If we have guests here in our service, uh, we do have our little uh, perforated card. We do not pass an offering plate now. At the close of the service, there are four doors. We'll have ushers there standing at the doors collecting the offerings as you go. So you can drop off your perforated piece of paper in the offering plate, we also have black boxes there in the Welcome Center. You can also drop your offering or prayer request, anything you want to communicate with the office right here on your perforated piece of paper. But I do hope online or online crowd are able to give online as well as you can certainly do text to give as well as mail in your offerings. Your giving supports our church as we're in this unique summer, this unique season of ministry, for sure. It's, it's definitely unique uh, during this time period. With that, So I did want to bring attention. For our online crowd as well, I do want to share. I think it's important, if you're watching online, to hit share and list where you're, where you're watching from. It's unique to see people all over the place watching our worship services. So you want to share that. That way you never know who goes and watches what you share, especially on Facebook. So that's a, a, a way to certainly in, be engaged with that. And if you have questions about making a decision with our guys there in the sound booth, are monitoring that page, and they can certainly answer that. I believe America is in trouble. I do. And I want to share why. What used to be wrong is now right. It's completely backwards. Our institutions are under attack. And when I say institutions, I don't mean uh, physical buildings. It involves physical buildings, but really, when I say institutions, these are institutions. The institution of the family. Mother, father, children, parents, bringing children to church, grandparents, investing teaching, uh, the Berenstain Bears, 
mama bear, papa bear teaching. It was a teachable moment when the first two cars drove by, just blew by the broke down the side of the road, and the Bog brothers, the, the, uh, the ones that didn't have the good reputation, they were the neighbors. They stopped. That's a teaching moment for mom and dad. That's a teaching moment there. When the institution of the family is just corrupt, corroded, your, your, your moral fabric of society just unravels. Other institutions, such as schools, they're under attack. Do you know schools were actually started to learn the Bible? Literally, in the beginning of American history, schools were started by Christians and churches. The idea of a secular governmental school, that didn't even exist when our country started. That came along 100 years later. First school started in Boston to teach people literally to read. Do you know what they were reading? This was the book. Hasn't changed. It was the KJV version of the Bible. So if you're reading, if you brought your KJV Bible, literally, if you go to that Boston school, that's what they were reading, the English Bible. That's how children learn to read, Old English. We can barely read that today, Old English, but that's what they were learning back then. Colleges under attack. All the way down to our flag, what it means to be a public service, a fireman, a police officer, honorable jobs. All of these institutions, even government, has changed. Government originally was there to represent the will of the people and to do what the people, it's a representative government where we, the voters, the people, have elected officials that do what we want. Now that, you have to be careful saying do what we want, but you vote for the people you want in office and they execute the laws that you expect. And it's a law and order society. All of this right now is being really called into question. And what happens when you have down from the National Guard to the military to the moral fabric of society and what's, what used to be right is now wrong and what used to be wrong is now right. You have completely flipped everything over and go, this doesn't even make sense. What planet am I on? Where am I? The Bible talks about this. Turn your Bible, Romans chapter 1. It warns us that this is coming. And when you no longer worship the Lord, when God is not the center of your life, when you have a generation that's being raised, and they are not in God's house. They do not have mama and daddy teaching them biblical truth. Guys, this is what happens. This is how America's in danger. America's in danger because people do not know what is right and what is wrong. Look at this. Romans chapter 1, verse 22. Claiming to be wise... They became fools. People who think they're smart. Folks who think they know what they're talking about. The Bible says they're fools. 
People who make rules and laws and go on TV and write news articles, people who try to govern in so-called wisdom, it's the exact opposite of wisdom. The Bible looks at this and goes, this is foolishness. It's foolishness, is all this is. You can't have a country of lawlessness. You can't have a country where things that are morally wrong, you're making right. That's not going to work. Keep going here in your Bible. Verse 23. And they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man Birds, four-footed reptiles, and animals. So what happened is there's a trade that was made. Instead of worshiping the Lord, you worship climate, people, animals, creation, the, the evolutionary process, anything other than God. So what happened is God created us to worship Him. He established us. We were creating the womb for the Lord, but at some point, foolishness, sin, came into the world, and an exchange was made. And we, a detour. Keep going. Verse 24. Look at what God does when you have this foolishness that occurs. Therefore God delivered them over in the desires of their hearts to sexual impurity, so that their bodies were degraded among themselves. They exchanged, look at this, the truth of God for a lie. A lie. And worshipped and served what has been created instead of the Creator, who is praised forever. Amen. They exchanged the truth of God, which is we find right here, for a lie. And the question, what happens in worship? What happens in a culture is a trade is made where a young country such as America, you know, the average nation in the history of the world only makes it about 200 years. That, I mean, the lifespan of the average country is not, it starts out as a revolutionary process. You're standing on the Bible. You, you're, you're, you're fighting for freedom. But then... You give away your freedom. You lose that freedom. And it ends up being a lie. And you have believed the lie. And we as Bible-believing Christians today, what God wants from you and I is to make sure we have not exchanged the truth of God for a lie. The truth of God is very black and white. There's a right. There's a wrong. God has a plan for the family. He has a plan for children. God has a purpose for people, for them to be saved and come to know Jesus Christ, His Son. God died on a cross for folks. For all folks. And He draws people to Himself so they commit themselves to Jesus. And what happens, if you or I aren't careful, we will find ourselves, we will believe the lie. There's an exchange that's made. Now what happens in church? When we come into church, say, what is church? Church is when the people of God gather in the presence of God 
And He comes and He literally manifests Himself to us. And we respond to Him. One of the greatest worship services in the Bible occurred at a place called Mount Sinai. When God gave the law to Moses, do you know what happened there in Exodus chapter 19? God called Moses to this mountain in an area today called Sinai. And He calls him up on the mountain. I mean, it's a 5,000 foot walk. He had to go to the very top of that mountain. You can walk it today. And what happened is God came down in a cloud and spoke to Moses. And all the people of Israel were gathered around the mountain. They were not allowed to touch the mountain or they would die. But they were to consecrate themselves and to be praying and to fast while the cloud enveloped around the mountain and the Lord spoke to Moses. And the people are praying in anticipation that something is going to occur. And do you know what happened? First, God spoke to Moses and says, you go down and talk to the people. I mean, he just climbed 5,000 feet in the air. He had to go back down the mountain and say, guys, you need to purify yourselves. You need to make sure you're not unclean. You need to consecrate yourselves before the Lord. You make sure that there is no sin in the camp. There needs to be moral purity among all the Israelites. This is what the all chapter 19 is about in Exodus. And do you know what happened in chapter 20? We received the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. Moses had to go back up the mountain. And then he receives the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments is God's law. God's plan for you and I. To live our lives. And God's plan for culture through the centuries. To live according to God's law. And the first of those commandments is that we worship the Lord. Second is there should be no idols. There are no idols. Idols do not exist. You do not serve and worship idols. We worship the Lord alone. We do not worship idols. And if you cannot get these first two, the purpose of those commandments, it started with the worship, with the centrality, the focus on the Lord. And when you lose that focus, you do not understand what worship is. Worship is when we come into the presence of God we're engaging with Him. We're saying, Lord, speak to me. Lord, You are God. We come and pray. We come and read our Bibles. We come and teach biblical truth. We come and present ourselves before You as sinners because You cleanse us. We recognize who we are. We are the unclean at the Mount Sinai experience with having to consecrate ourselves. Do you remember when God first called Moses? It was in a burning bush. The first thing he had to do was take his shoes off. Literally. He says, Moses, uh, before I know you're probably wondering why a bush is talking to you and it's on fire. By the way, before we get start this conversation, would you mind taking those shoes off? You're on holy ground. 
Because you are in the presence of God. When you come into God's house, when you come up to Mount Sinai, the shoes come off. Do you know why God probably didn't tell Moses to take his shoes off at Mount Sinai? Because he already took them off. He had to climb that mountain barefoot. Because he already knew, you go into the presence of God, you're presenting yourself. Empty. Naked. Humble before the Lord. God, it's me and you, no one else. We come to the Lord and say, God, here I am. Remember when Isaiah saw the Lord? Lord, here I am. Send me. There's no one else. We are in a nation. We are among a people that need to submit ourselves before the Lord. Listen, America, we are not guaranteed. We are not promised years and years and decades. How do we know we're not? How do we know the tribulation hasn't started? We could be living in the end times. We have no idea. I mean, literally, there could be a year from now, there could be an antichrist. Soon you could start seeing the mark of the beast. The time for us to fall down and consecrate ourselves before the Lord and cry out. Lord, people don't know their right hand from their left hand. It's now. There's no better time. The institutions that God has established are slowly being attacked. And crumbled away. And I didn't mention it. But right after the family. Do you know the next institution is the church. God established the church. For the purpose of what? To worship him. And when people do not worship the Lord. When people are not reading their Bibles. And people are not centered around scripture. They are not going to know. What God gave at Mount Sinai. They will not know the Ten Commandments. Do you know, we won't turn there, but you know, this, there's been a lot of discussion this past week about uh, African Americans, about the 400 years of black folks here in America, and throughout coming here as slaves, and then all the way up to today. I'm sure you've noticed this in the news. But you know, I think about Slavery. And when God first called the Hebrews, my people. Do you know where they were at? The very first time the Lord called the Hebrew people, my people, was in Exodus 6-7. And do you know what, where they were at? They were in Egypt. Enslaved. They were working for Pharaoh. It was oppression. And God called Moses for the purpose. He says, Moses, those people there in Egypt, those are my people. Those are people who belong to me. Those are people who started with the call to Abraham in the land of the Chaldeans in the city of Ur. And brought them to the promised land. And then Joseph had to bring them down to Egypt for grain. For 400 years they were in slavery. In Egypt. And God called them. I will take you 
as my people. And I will be your God. I will take you as my people. And I will be your God. That's what God said in Exodus 6-7. Do you know, when we think about my people, and we think about slavery, the Lord is who owns us. We are slaves. Do you know the word servant? When we are called to serve God in the Greek New Testament, that word literally can be translated slave. We, when you become a disciple, when you become a believer, you become a slave to God. You become a slave to Jesus Christ. He owns you. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says, when you get saved, He may puts the Holy Spirit, your body becomes a temple of the Holy Spirit. He comes inside of you and makes a home. You aren't your own. You were bought, meaning ownership. You were bought at a price, Broadway Baptist. I'm a slave to Jesus Christ. Even if America dies away and our country goes off wherever, who's my allegiance to? Who's your allegiance to? It's to the Lord. It's to Jesus. Even if an Antichrist comes up, comes out of the abyss, who's our allegiance to? Jesus Christ. I'm a slave to Him. We are owned by the Lord. Amidst all this uncertainty, we are rooted in Christ. In Christ alone is what we say. Alright, turn your Bible. 2 Kings chapter 17. I want you all to see this. Because this brought the fall of Israel. <clears throat> Throw it up on the screen here. 2 Kings 17 verse 32. I want to give you some background information. What happened is David unified all of Israel. God blessed David, King David. Solomon came along, his son. Solomon married foreign wives, began to worship idols. The, the kingdom split after Solomon because of Solomon's disobedience to the Lord. And I want you all to know, and this is what's hard. Remember, God chose Israel. That's his people. He allowed Israel to be destroyed. And they were destroyed. They were destroyed because of their disobedience for the Lord. I believe God's hand, you look at American history, has been on our country. I love our country. But that does not mean 25 years from now, I mean, four years from now, that our country will be serving the Lord. That the Lord's hand, He will pull it back. He did it to Israel. I want to show you why. Israel split. There was a northern kingdom of ten tribes and a southern kingdom of what we call Judah of two tribes, of Judah and Benjamin. The northern kingdom fell first. And here's why. The book of 2 Kings chapter 17 explains why they fell. And I want to read. There's three verses. We're going to read verses 32, 33, and 41. They feared the Lord, meaning the people of the northern kingdom. Look at this. Look at this online audience. <clears throat> a cameras, I want y'all to zoom in because I don't want you to miss this word. No, Sherry's laughing there. Do not miss this word. They feared the Lord. But 
But that's the problem right there. They fear like we, we, we love Jesus. We love our Bibles. We, we love our church. But they also made from their ranks priests for the high. Do you know what the high places were? That's idolatry. That's idol worship who were working for them at the shrines of the high place. I mean, it's just tragic. But they also made. Yeah, we loved God. But we also worship these other idols. That but is the reason why Israel fell. Could the history, could the timeline for America be America loved the Lord, but churches love the Lord, but Southern Baptists love the Lord, but whatever you want to feel. There was, they started out good. There was a time in your life where you were living for Jesus, but then they made for their ranks priests. Look at the next verse. Look at verse 32, 33. Here we are again. They feared the Lord. I mean, exact same verse. But they also so worshipped their own gods according to the practice of the nations which they had been deported. Here we are again. They adopted other foreign practices of the nations. They allowed outside influence to come in and pollute their worship of the Lord. The worship of the Lord is to be pure. It's to be consecrated. It's to be holy. It's to where you come in the presence of God, you take your shoes off. Because you are before a holy God who owns you. Who literally, whose Holy Spirit is inside of you. And when we exchange the truth of God for a lie, you have worshipped your own God. Your own God is government, thinking it can save you. Your own God is money. Your own God is anything. It can be sports. It can be the internet, how you use your time. It can be sexual immorality, pornography, anything. It can be the social justice causes. Anything that prevents... You from fearing the Lord. Last verse here, verse 41. Here we, here we are again. I mean, there's a reason. Three times, kings just kept writing this over and over again. They feared the Lord, but also served their idols. God will not be divided. He won't. He will not be divided. If you are here this morning, and you, and look, look, and look at the consequences. You, you know what happens when you serve, your, serve idols? Idols is, you know when, when you allow outside influences come in? Still today, their children and grandchildren continue doing as their fathers did. You know, children that don't see mom and dad read their Bibles, that don't see mom and dad pray, that don't see mom and dad come to church. Do you know what happens? This is so simple. They will grow up. That happens. They will grow up and will they go to church? No. They won't. It happened with Israel. 
And I, I share this because I believe what America needs and what we need as believers and the danger we're living in, if we do not return to a, the worship, the reverence of a holy God who has given his who has given us his holy word this this is what should be guiding america right now this book this is what saves people's souls this is the solution to racial reconciliation this is the solution to eternal life this solves every single problem out there all of these problems going on there's problems everywhere Coronavirus problems, racial problems, hatred problems, a law and order problems. No one even knows what's right and wrong. Immorality problems. This book answers it. And with you and I as Bible-believing Christians, in our internet crowd, as Bible-believing Christians, you're calling people to return to the worship of the Lord. That is America's only hope. In that video Sherry Osmond played, up there, that was Billy Graham calling people to love our neighbor. Do you know how we love our neighbor? We tell them about Jesus. We serve them in the Lord's name. We give them a cup of cold water in Jesus' name. Do not be bashful. Do not be afraid that you stand for Jesus Christ. You can't. Don't live your life with the but. You, it should stop right here. It should cut off. They feared the Lord. Amy feared the Lord. Todd feared the Lord. Jerry loves the Lord. That is God's plan and purpose. We come into this house. We're coming and say, Lord, here I am. I'm a slave to you. I worship you. And I live my life for this book. You're here this morning. Some of you need to be saved. You need to give your life to Jesus. You've been going through life. Literally, with the butt. You've been serving and involved in other things. You've been sucked into this culture. Been sucked in to the media, just everything around. And Christ is calling you to Mount Sinai, where you take off your shoes, you have to go up barefoot, then you have to go back down. Just a reminder, by don't touch the mountain, God is holy, His cloud is coming down. You need to experience the presence of God. This is the only way. It's the only hope for our nation. Only hope for families. There is literally nothing else for us to do but turn to the Lord. America's in danger. Our institutions are in danger. And our only hope is found right here. You want to give your life to Jesus? We're going to give you opportunity for in-person crowds as well as online to pray and to receive Jesus. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Jesus, I cry and call to you. Lord, I want to live a life with no but. Jesus, I'm yours. Save me. Cleanse me. Forgive me of my sins. From this day on, for eternity, Lord, I'm yours. Jesus, I give you my heart. In your name I pray. Amen. I want you to look up.
you said that prayer, I want to hear from you on Facebook. I want you to send me an email. Our team there, they'll reply to you. We will follow up with you a phone call. If you said that prayer here today, but you fill out that little connection card, you drop it there in that black box. I'll follow up with you. Jim heard to follow up with you this week. So we'll let you know what it means to follow Jesus. I want you to make a commitment this week to start praying for revival in our country. Praying that God's word will, the truth, it has been exchanged for a lie, will speak to folks beginning right here in Lexington and beyond. We're going to have a closing song. I'm going to invite everyone to stand, and I'll hope to hear from you. This morning, let's declare this together as we leave. Jesus, you're enough for me. Jesus, you are enough. Jesus, you are enough for me. With nothing, I still have everything. Jesus, you are enough for me. are enough Jesus you are enough for me with nothing I still have everything Jesus you are enough for me Father I pray that you would remind us that you're enough Lord we pray that we would serve and worship you only that unlike the Israelites who said, Lord, we need you plus something else, God, you would remind us that you alone are worthy of all of our praise. God, we love you. We pray that you would be with each and every one of us as we depart this morning. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. Go in peace. We'll see you next week.